the sun sets in heaven and returning by the north to proceed towards the east is conducted so as to enter by thy gate and illuminate the face of heaven welcome friends i'm your host zen garcia this is secrets revealed here on truth frequency radio and as always we thank all of you for taking the time to join us this evening it has been a long time coming but we have finally made it to the book on the courses of the heavenly luminaries which is uh something that is close to my heart and for those that have followed my work you know that my ninth book the flat earth as key to decrypt the book of enoch is specific to this portion of the book of enoch so very excited to be here and looking forward to getting into this with rob skiba rob are you there brother i am here how are you zen doing all right man um it's interesting to me that we just heard in the the news feed how they admit to this um being engineered from this bat virus mm. and then accidentally released of course um into the wuhan province there in china um seems like you know they're starting to spill the beans on all what really kind of happened with it yeah that's <laughs> yeah, getting crazy Mm-hmm. and all the people that have you know um made fun of and judged and condemned anybody that would speak in any manner of any government agency actually engineering a virus and then releasing it into the public accidentally of course but yeah um yeah so yeah the people are being forced to really re-examine all that they thought they knew of as truth and uh, some of those conspiracy theories may actually be real. Well, I mean, it certainly looks that way. I was on a show on the um, the Holy Hand Grenade is the YouTube channel. Uh, oh, wow. Ian Chadwick <laughs> and uh, Aaron Sampson. Uh, and he played a clip from, uh, I believe the movie was Resident Evil. I have never seen it. But uh, in the clip, it showed like a round table it was, well, it was a long rectangular table of elite you know sitting there saying hey listen you know the way things are going right now you know it's the whole sustainable development right you know everything's not sustainable with this many people and global warming and blah 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 and so you know our plan is to go underground and we will engineer uh an apocalypse that will wipe everybody out and then we'll come up and, you know right. and have a, a clean slate and mm -hmm. uh, the person at the other end of the table is like, well, how do you propose to do this? And he said, well, we're, re we're going to release the T virus, whatever that was. And mm -hmm. they showed a thing on a, you know, basically they're going to release a virus that's going to wipe out everybody and mess up everything. And, you know, they'll wait it out underground for a while while we kill each other off in starvation and whatever, you know, after they collapse the economy. Uh, and right. then they'll come up and, uh, you know, take over in a nice, clean world with no people. Right. And I was like... I'm watching this clip. I'm going, wow. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this the script that they're following or what? Right. And, you know, as crazy as that sounds, Satan seems to have convinced the elite that there are just too many people on the earth. And for some reason, the earth is too small to sustain a population of this size. 
and that it's their duty, you know, the whole divine right uh, of kings, it's their duty to implement some kind of measure to ensure that the earth can make it. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I do a lot of traveling, or did before the lockdown, and uh, all you have to do is fly over this country. Exactly. <laughs> Just do it exactly. one time. Look out the window. Right. You know, if you live in a city like New York or Los Angeles or someplace like that, it's real easy to, I mean, I can't even stand being in either of those cities for very long. Me, you, me you know, either. just being stuck in traffic or, you know, out on the streets with people everywhere. It's really, right. if you live in that environment, it's really easy to say, oh my God, this place is overcrowded. Like right. the world is overcrowded. But you, all you got to do is like 50 miles out from there. And exactly, you're yeah. going to find a lot of land. If you fly over the country, there's just a ton of land, empty space out there. Right. And, you know, I don't remember... Uh, I think it was something like you could put the entire population of the world, I believe, in Texas and still have like, you know, two feet all around you. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I forget I forget what it was, but it's not. Look, he said, be fruitful and multiply. He built this place and made it big enough for everybody. Whether you think it's a 25,000 mile circumference ball or a 60,000 mile circumference circle. Either way, right. it's right. a huge place. Well able to accommodate, you know, the commandment to be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it is totally a satanic lie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like the whole thing with peak oil a few years back and you know, how, uh, we were going to run out of oil and all of that. They, that was another engineered lie, but yeah, exactly what you said, man, you, you fly over the country, especially here in the United States as well. I mean, you have of all the cities that are lined up on the coasts of the United States, like one big concrete jungle from Florida up to New York on the on the seaboard. But once you start moving west, uh, I mean, there's just massive gaps and huge spaces of rural land and places where there's no inhabitants, you know, especially when you get near the Grand Canyon and that rift that runs from Texas all the way up through Montana and uh, Seattle and all that. I mean, just massive spaces of where there's no people at all. And yeah, they, but still somehow, again, Satan has convinced the elite that, uh, you know, with the Georgia Guidestones that they have to reduce the population from so seven billion, I guess, is what it is now to um, five hundred thousand. Five hundred yeah, million. Five hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just well, you know, it's they'll, crazy. They'll say, yeah, there's a lot of land out there, but it's it's not. They'll say it's not livable land. It doesn't have water. Or it doesn't have whatever. And yet, you could just Google, you know, turning the Sahara into an oasis or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, they, they figured out all kinds of, you know, with the technology we have today, uh, irrigation um, platforms and ways of rejuvenating even deserts, you right. know, in, into an o- oasis. You know, right. so, you know, the, the land can be rejuvenated, water can be harvested. I mean, it's not an uninhabitable, you know, uh, land. I mean, right. he made this place to be livable, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Although I'll tell you, man, you know, I'm trying to do this gardening thing. 
man i don't i dude i don't have a green thumb man like i could get them get the seedlings going and they uh-huh. look fantastic but like shortly after that i don't know if i'm watering it too much not fertilizing it enough fertilizing too much too much sun i jeez i don't know man but you know i went out and looked at them today i'm like oh boy that doesn't look good so mm. <laughs> like a couple of days ago everything looked fantastic today i'm like oh no so well, I don't know, man. I gotta figure this. <laughs> I definitely don't have a green thumb, man. Because even even indoor plants, I'm like, yeah, they're good for a couple of months, and then I'm like, geez, did I? I don't know if I water too much or not enough, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, you have to be really careful, and then you know all the plants are are different. They certain amounts of water, and also different soil types, and so all of that uh, really needs to be decided upon even before you, you know, decide uh, planting, because uh, they need different kind of environments. Even the, the pH of the soil, whether it's like um, dark soil or clay or sandy uh, soil, all of that makes a, a difference. And then you know the the things with like the wood chips and yeah. uh, pine straw and all of the, that I mean they're they're temperamental but if you get them in the right environment in the right soil um, that goes a long ways for allowing them to you know to really be able to come up and well uh, it, but again I am no expert at all either so yeah uh, but I know they're particular yeah I'll, you know I'm really concerned right now because you know I've seen a bunch of videos over the last week, probably since last time we talked, uh, where farmers are being told to like stop their shipments. Like you know they're they're dumping huge truckloads of milk in right. like I've fields of onions, yeah. and you know they're they're being told to sell their land, and you know you know part of it it was because you know, the restaurants and stuff because of social distancing and whatnot, uh, you know, uh-huh. aren't ordering as much and some have to close and whatnot. So, you know, some of their normal places of distribution aren't, you know, it's not meeting the demand, right? So, yeah. but I'm like, dude, like, necessity is the mother of invention. The only conclusion you can come up with is dumping it, you freaking moron. Right. Come it's on. like, yeah, look, the people, homeless. you know, whether or not the businesses are open, the people that used to eat there still need to eat. They still yeah, need to exactly. drink. So, right. you know, I mean, you know, I can, I mean, yeah, I can appreciate crazy. some of the predicaments farmers find themselves in, but for crying out loud, come on, man. Like, you know, start a farmer's market, put people, put lines in the dirt six feet apart or whatever, but like right. dumping it, I mean, that is not a solution. How anybody yeah. in their right mind thinks that that's a reasonable solution? I mean, it proves this whole place is brain dead, man. I'm like, right, right. you're gonna, they're gonna create a famine, and right, and exactly. and now I hear they're trying to uh, ban seeds and stuff from being sold to different places, and I'm like, you know, get it while you can. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, around Airline. here, uh, Home Depot and Sprouts uh, are two places around here that still have lots of seeds that you can buy. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But, uh, I mean, th- that tells me that there's an agenda over and above what we already believe <laughs> regarding right. The, right. the coronavirus is the fact that you know they're trying to withhold seeds from people being able to, to plant. They're telling farmers to dump the stuff that they have 
and you know ordering them to sell their businesses mm-hmm. and whatever or they may have to just to survive but it's like come on farmers like we need you you right, know, exactly. Think outside yeah. the freaking box. You okay, so the right. restaurants aren't ordering. Okay, there's got to be someplace else that you can sell it, and there's plenty of people willing to buy it. So mm-hmm. dumping it is not a solution, people. Right, right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, I'm fully in agreement with you with regard to, uh, you know, they have the large industrial farms where they're trying to mass produce, and it's food that is, you know, the genetically modified crops and then they are also buying out all the little uh, or the smaller organic farms and so corner the market on water and food and of uh, providing that stuff for not just restaurants but also the people in general I mean uh, you know that whole movie of Soylent Green right. uh, comes to mind uh, with you know what they are trying to do even with the the aborted fetal tissue as a a food additive uh, how they're trying to you know get us to be involved in abominations such as that Um, I mean it's twisted the mindset of of these people Um, and what they are just what they're trying to do is just it doesn't make sense it's not rational to the regular normal person but then these people are schizophrenic, you know, and uh, and have a, a deeper, darker agenda and are at spiritual war with us on levels that we are not able to comprehend. And that's the difficulty for for people in trying to uh, to grasp what's really going on in the world. Because, you know, again, why would you add? aborted fetal tissue as a food additive um, it just does not make any sense yeah no not at all um, on another note uh, since our last show uh, um, one of our moderators Kevin Stoll sent mm-hmm. me a PDF of a book by Gustav Davidson called A Dictionary of Angels Including the Fallen Angels Oh, wow. And that was, is cool. Yeah, it was published in 1967, apparently. But it has the a whole, I mean, it's like 400 pages long. Wow. Uh, and it appears that, in, let me see if I can fast forward here. I'm showing it on the screen if anybody, maybe I'll z- zoom in a bit here. Oops, I zoom out. Try to do the way. Uh, there we go. Um, and it has, uh, it looks like, like an index here. or No, it's alphabetical order. So, you know, it starts with, uh, Albiel, an angel in the service of the archangel Michael, and then it gives references wisdom of the Chaldeans. So, you know, it has like Ar- Ariel, line of God, the name of an angel found inscribed in on an Oph- Ophitic Gnostic amulet alongside the name of the god Aldelboth. So, wow. like it gives all the. I'll, I'll I'll put the link in the Skype for you, and I'll drop the link in the chat room for everybody else. Gustav, what was his name again? Uh, let me scroll back to the first page. It's called A Dictionary of Angels, Including the Fallen Angels by Gust- okay. Gustav, G-U-S-T-A-V, Davidson. Okay. Big shout out to Kevin. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank you, brother. Very cool resource. I'll post the link in the chat room for people. Oops, can't do that. Sorry, that's a link <laughs> to my computer. 
Uh, I have to go look and see the link that Kevin sent me, or or Kevin, he's in the chat room. Kevin, maybe if you can uh, uh, post the link in there for everybody, they can download it too. Yeah, very cool. I'm gonna check that out for sure. Yeah, that's gonna be a handy uh, resource. Four hundred and fifty yeah. pages. Yeah, somebody's done their research on it. I'm glad. Um, yeah, somebody's done that. Uh, fascinating. Well, anything else uh, that you want to get into before we move into the the actual text? Um, uh, what really quickly? What are you trying to grow? Um, just specifically like the salad items, the herb garden, or yeah, a little, or are you yeah, going a little full bit of, out? Well, I'm pretty much full out. I mean, anything yeah. that I would like normally eat with a meal uh -huh. or you yeah. know a snack or something. So I mean, yeah, your typical salad stuff, but. Right. Well, I, I I planted a nectarine tree today. Um, oh, cool! Awesome. So and some blueberries and stuff. So, you know, fruits and veggies. You know, the, kind of the usual. Yeah. But, yeah. But you know, I got to get them past the, because we started in the little. They give you these little growing trays, you know, and you just it's got mm -hmm. like this tablet in there that expands like three times its volume. You know, add water to it and you plant the seed in there, and that's like really cool because within like a week stuff sprouts up you know and it'd be like two or three inches sticking up over the top after you know so a very short period of time right. um, and so then you you take it from there and what I've been doing is I took it from the those are like plastic trays took the them out of there and put them in these um, biodegradable cardboard cups yes that mm -hmm. theoretically you could just plant the cup in the ground in the it, ground yeah and it you know it, it rots or does whatever it does and you know turns right. into dirt and um so you know, everything's in the cup stage right now, and you know everything's a good two to three, four, five inches tall in in terms of growth. But yeah, you know, and uh, what do I know? I don't know. I mean, they seem like okay. They're about ready. I haven't planted them in the ground or in the uh, raised beds or any pots or anything yet. They're just still in in those. Mm -hmm. But I, I have a feeling like they weren't used to the sun, and. Even though oh, it'll burn them really quick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, heat-wise, you know, it's not terribly hot here yet, but uh, yeah. I think the UV probably just screwed them. Fried so, them, yeah. But I'm like, well, what do they do in life? Like, in real life, they're, you know, I mean, they have to grow in real life out in the... Right, right. Is, uh, uh, so, I mean, that's what we're doing with that, but uh, the, uh, the only other thing I, I want to say is uh, thank you uh, to our supporters. Uh, kind of put out a... a SOS last week and uh, a number of people came through and helped us That's out. That's great. So you know, God. at least our, our bills are good for to good to good to go this month. Um, awesome. And um, uh, so, you know, huge, I know times are tough for everybody. So I know sometimes it can be a stretch to help somebody else out. So I, I certainly appreciate everything people have done for us before this, but really appreciate what people are doing now because uh, we can use all the support we can get because you know this is what we do for a living and you know youtube right. isn't paying the bills i'll tell you that much i mean uh you know we used to average probably somewhere in the ballpark of two thousand dollars a month which was great mm -hmm. you know pays right. the mortgage yeah. and a couple bills but you know lately it's been like 400 bucks and you're like mm -hmm. okay well you know i paid my internet and electric bill maybe but yeah you know uh so you know massively huge thank you to people that uh were willing to support us yeah, praise God for everybody out there. Um, and, yeah, YouTube, when they changed the algorithm, it really 
uh, affected a lot of people because I know a lot of people were really doing well with their YouTube accounts and uh, were able to, you know, kind of focus more on just generating content and um, supplying that need in the community here. But then not only did they change the algorithm and kind of um, diminish, I mean, probably by 20, 25% is what it of return of what it used to be and then they changed everything as far as the recommended videos and then now it's even difficult <laughs> typing in the full name of a particular video to get it to even come up you know in like five or six uh, um, things down as far as the item selection it's crazy how they are hiding and keeping truth and allowing like the corporate sponsors to be the first uh, to come up and all the disinformation is what is easily and uh, readily available and accessible when it comes to doing a keyword search. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. I mean, I can't even find some videos anymore. Um, where I used to be able to just type in something, you know, two words and get it to come up. And now that's near impossibility, but yeah. Well, they're screaming know. at us in the chat room. When are we going to get to the yes. Enoch study? Yes. <sighs> All right. We're moving into it, people. Sometimes I feel, uh, I feel like, uh, uh, the gladiator, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. are you not entertained? <laughs> 10 years uh, worth of free stuff and people are complaining that we talk about life for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we just Are you not entertained? Keep it real for a little bit, but yeah, let's go ahead and cover the first chapter before we get to break. <laughs> okay, I uh, believe it's chapter 70 yes. in the Lawrence. I think for you it's 71. So, uh, okay. Afterwards, my spirit was concealed, ascending into the heavens I beheld the sons of the holy angels treading on flaming fire whose garments and robes were white and whose countenances were transparent as crystal I saw two rivers of fire glittering like the what is it hyacinth then I hyacinth then I fell on my face before the Lord of Spirits and Michael one of the archangels took me by my hand by my right hand raised me up and brought me out to where was every secret of mercy and secret of righteousness? He showed me all the hidden things of the extremities of the heaven, all the receptacles of the stars and the splendors of all, from whence they went forth before the face of the holy. And he concealed the spirit of Enoch in the heaven of heavens. There I beheld in the midst of that light a building raised with stones of fire, excuse me, stones of ice. And in the midst of these stones, vibrations of living fire. My spirit saw around the circle of this flaming habitation one, on one of its extremities that there were rivers full of living fire which encompassed it. Then the seraphim, the cherubim, the ophanim surrounded it. These are those who never sleep but watch the throne of his glory. And I beheld angels innumerable, thousands of thousands and myriads of myriads who surrounded that habitation. Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Fenuel, and the holy angels who were in the heavens above went in and out of it. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel went out of that habitation, and holy angels innumerable. 
with them was the Ancient of Days, whose head was white as wool and pure, and his robe was indescribable. Then I fell upon my face, while all my flesh was dissolved, and my spirit became changed. I cried out with a loud voice, with a powerful spirit, blessing, glorifying, and exalting. And those blessings which proceeded from my mouth became acceptable in the presence of the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days came with Michael and Gabriel, Raphael and Fenuel, with thousands of thousands and myriads of myriads, which could not be numbered. Then that angel came to me, and with his voice saluted me, saying, Thou art the offspring of man, who art born for righteousness, and righteousness has rested on thee. The righteousness of the Ancient of Days shall not forsake thee. He said, On thee... He shall he shall he confer peace in the name of the existing world, for from thence has peace gone forth since the world was created, and thus shall it happen to thee forever and ever. All who shall exist and who shall walk in thy path of righteousness shall not forsake thee forever. With thee shall be their habitations, with thee their lot, nor from thee shall they be separated forever and ever. And thus shall length of days be with the offspring of man. Peace shall be to the righteous, and the path of integrity shall the righteous pursue in the name of the Lord of Spirits forever and ever. And that'll take us right to the break, probably. Right to the break, yes. Boom. Yeah. So we will be back. Um, we're 10 seconds out from break, but we'll be back and we'll pick it up and we'll move forward, everyone, in the next chapter. Uh, actually begins the book on the courses of the heavenly luminaries. So we'll be right back, everyone. Hey everyone, it's Chris Gio, founder of Truth Frequency Radio and host of Beyond the Veil. The mainstream media and establishment are running scared right now, and they've prominently featured TruthFrequencyRadio.com as number 89 on the federal government's hit list, also known as the fake news list, which is essentially a list of sites slated for censorship on Facebook, YouTube, Google, and other social media. Now is the time for you to get involved. Share your favorite TFR shows far and wide on forums and social media. Tell your friends and family about your favorite shows. If you're a business owner, get in touch with us to feature your product or your product right service here on TFR. And if you haven't done so already, become a TFR supporter now and get unlimited commercial-free downloads in high quality. Visit truthfrequencyradio.com slash sign up. Thank you for making TFR the leader in independent and uncensored talk radio. Truth Frequency Radio, your protection from deception. Okay, nurse, let's get this man to the ER, staff. Right away, doctor. We see this every day. Heart attack or angina pain due to blocked and clogged arteries. Chelation can remove obstructions or blockages from arteries and help avoid painful and expensive surgery. Now there's Angioprim. It's a liquid oral chelation product that you take with juice. You start to feel the results fast. Angioprim increases blood flow all over the body, and that means more energy and strength to take on the day with less aches and pains. 60 years of research has gone into chelation, and Angioprim is the result. A safe and easy 
way to unblock your veins and arteries from buildup that slows circulation. Paging Dr. Jones, please report to the emergency room right away. Log on now for a special radio offer from Angioprim. That's angioprim.com slash radio. A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M. Angioprim.com slash radio or call 877-882-7221. That's 877-882-7221. True initiation is an inward journey. It's a spiritual path that is totally inward. It has nothing to do with anything external to you. I want to determine if the grand architect is indeed what I believe it to be, which is the artificial intelligence. The initiatory path is one of self-discovery and self-revealing it's not a journey that someone can hold your hand through tonight ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen i want to take you through the steps of initiation remember you are divinity step beyond the veil with chris and sherry geo friday and saturdays 7 p.m to 10 p.m We are TFR. My living destiny is all I need to prevail. Truth Frequency Radio. And in those days, there were giants in the land. And the sons of the angels of God looked upon the daughters of men and found them fair. And took of their wives and their sons became of old great men of renown. So they have been mixing with us on the genetic level since the time of Enoch and Ezekiel's will. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are reading the R.H. Charles, chapters 71. And it came to pass after this that my spirit was translated, and it ascended into the heavens, and I saw the holy sons of God. They were stepping on flames of fire. Their garments were white and their raiment, and their faces shone like snow. And I saw two streams of fire, and the light of that fire shone like hyacinth. And I fell on my face before the Lord of Spirits, and the angel Michael, one of the archangels, seized me by my right hand and lifted me up and led me forth into all the secrets. And he showed me all the secrets of righteousness, and he showed me all the secrets of the ends of the heavens and all the chambers of all the stars and all the luminaries, whence they proceed before the face of the holy ones. And he translated my spirit into the heaven of heavens and I saw there as it were a structure built of crystals and between those crystals tongues of living fire and my spirit saw the girdle which girt that house of fire 
and on its four sides were streams full of living fire, and they girt that house, and round about were seraphim, cherubic, and ophanim. And these are they who sleep not and guard the throne of his glory. And I saw angels who could not be counted, a thousand thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand, encircling that house. And Michael and Raphael and Gabriel and Phanuel and the holy angels who are above the heavens go in and out of that house. And they came forth from that house, and Michael and Gabriel, Raphael and Phanuel, and many holy angels without number, and with them the head of days, his head white and pure as wool, and his raiment indescribable. And I fell on my face, and my whole body became relaxed, and my spirit was transfigured. And I cried with a loud voice, with the spirit of power, and blessed and glorified and extolled. And these blessings which went forth out of my mouth were well-pleasing before the head of days. And that head of days came with Michael and Gabriel, Raphael, and Phanuel, thousands and ten thousands of angels without number. And he came to me and greeted me with his voice and said unto me, This is the Son of Man who is born unto righteousness, and righteousness abides over him, and the righteousness of the head of days forsakes him not. And he said unto me, He proclaims unto thee peace in the name of the world to come. For from hence has proceeded peace, since the creation of the world, and so shall it be unto thee forever and forever and ever, and all shall walk in his ways, since righteousness never forsaketh him. With him will be their dwelling places, and with him their heritage, and they shall not be separated from him forever and ever and ever. And so there shall be length of days with that son of man and the righteous shall have peace in an upright way in the name of the lord of spirits forever and ever um looks like did charles cut it short uh because i had 24 verses yeah it seems um like 18. there is one passage that I didn't read it says um lost passage wherein the son of man was described as accompanying the head of days and enoch asked one of the angels um concerning the son of man as to who he was mm -hmm. yeah I saw and that. that's yeah that's passage 13 but but yeah i guess that it, it, it is shorter you know uh <clears throat> i wonder if this is the uh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I had my microphone up on my <laughs> my head. I raised it up. Uh, it probably, <laughs> sound, probably sounded like I was a million miles away. Uh, I was looking at my audio level. I'm like, the heck, it's turned up all the way. How come? Uh, 
<laughs> it's it's kind of like you know where's my glasses right it's it's on your head stupid right, on your head. <laughs> <laughs> dude getting old stinks man right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um do you think this is what uh the passage that Jude's quoting where he talks about you know the the myriads of angels he comes with the myriads of angels uh yeah the ten thousands of yeah uh, well I think it's more the chapter one. But yeah, I think uh, this is um, part of that whole. Still, the the scene at the um, with the second advent where he returns with mm-hmm. all of the angels and all of the saints. Yeah. Yeah, this is a again, man. I, I so want to have like a budget to make something like this because oh, yeah, no doubt. this is and to do it right. Yeah, I mean, this is epic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Book of Enoch is um, fantastic. And why, you know, somebody hasn't done something previous um, is surprising. It really is. Well, you know, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I get really bitter about this, but it's like, you know, when it comes to media, the mm-hmm. the, the devil's camp, has billions right. of dollars just they right. just throw it around like it's nothing because right. you know it's it's like if you have Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or anything like that or even back in the days when we had Blockbuster Video it's like 95% of what's there is total crap just right. garbage like you know I'm not even talking about you know from a Christian standpoint mm-hmm. it, it, when you go that way it's like 99% garbage you know or, or maybe more but you know, just even just just for the sake of uh, media in general, put push put put Christianity aside just for a minute, just for the sake of looking at it as as media, it is garbage. I mean, horrible movies. And Sheila's always saying it all the time. She's like, "How the heck did this get funded?" <laughs> right. Like, and you know, you, you look up the budgets on some of these, and you know, and and some of the big budget stuff too, but. You know, you some of this stuff is like ten, twenty, thirty million dollar budgets, and you're like, right. "How the heck did this ever get funded?" Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't, I don't understand how that works. But you know, I, I if if this is ever going to happen, the Christians gotta gonna have to make it happen. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that's the only way it's going to happen. Right. Because if if you trust Hollywood to do it, they're gonna they're gonna do like Noah. You know. You're yeah, gonna, exactly. you're gonna get a hundred fifty million dollar movie with great special effects and Academy Award winning actors, and it's gonna suck. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, how exactly. how do you mess up the the story that like every culture in the world knows? Yeah. <laughs> how do you mess that up? Yeah. You know, but they did. Yeah, they change a couple things, make him uh, homicidal, and yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so crazy. But you know, I think. And they say it in the protocols, too, with regard to the entertainments, the amusements, and the distractions. Uh, they just want to fill our minds with crap mm-hmm. and, and have, you know, they want to raise kids in a way that makes them schizophrenic and insane and desensitized to the sanctity of life and uh, any respect. You know, the whole thing of the, the Alice Bailey, the 10-point plan for destroying the family and the Christian heritage and traditions and um, familial values, all of that. And, and they've really done a great job. 
I mean, if, if you want to implement and fulfill what they said in with regard to that 10-point plan, uh, they they have definitely fulfilled it. And you look at the times that we're in now and where it was even, you know, the times of uh, June and Beaver, you know, Cleaver and <laughs> yeah. all of that. I mean, things yeah. are so crazy different now. Yeah. So this house, um, I mean, the, earlier we saw like two houses. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the way those were described were just magnificent. You know, also like this amazing like right. fire and ice and just incredible. Um, he doesn't really describe what he just says in a house. There's a lot going in, but uh, apparently this must be the the one where the Ancient of Days is because it describes him mm-hmm. here. Um, what else here? In the head of the, of, and with him the head of days, his head white and pure as wool, and his raiment indescribable. Uh, I mean, that's very similar to what we see John describing in the book of Revelation. Oh, yeah. As Yeshua. Although Absolutely. This, this is describing the Ancient of Days, and then it, it it talks about the Son of Man after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Father and the Son. Yeah. Have the same appearance. Right. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Yeah. I go to prepare a place for you. So I was. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I was watching some of the older Quest for Truths that I did with Doug Hamp uh, just this week uh, because uh, the rapture issue just kept coming up uh, for some reason this week. And uh, so, yeah, dude, like I'm a glutton for punishment, I think. I don't know what it is. There's some, <laughs> something wrong with me. Like I wake up in the morning and say, how can I get abused today? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, like whatever it is that I, I feel like is on my heart, I want to I, I want to post it. Like I know mm-hmm. before I even hit enter, I, it's, it's going to cause a firestorm, you know, yes. and then I still hit enter anyway. And then whatever <laughs> whatever spawns off from that usually ends up like five more posts that I'll right. and all of them will get hundreds of comments and trying to keep up with them I'm like what yeah. is the matter with me go out and garden dude like you, you're, gonna, <laughs> right. you're a sick man you know because uh, <laughs> I keep doing it but uh-huh. you know, it's like you'll never learn stupid monkey you know <laughs> uh, but I, <laughs> I, I was I went back and I was watching uh, the episodes that Doug Hamp and I did on uh Revelation 4 and 5 and that's because in Revelation 4 that's one of those examples where they'll say that see this is a type of the rapture because the church isn't mentioned after John chapter 4 and uh-huh. when John goes up that's a picture of the rapture and we're like that's what you know how can, uh, what? That's, that's so weak but right um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say about that why was I even bringing that up Doug and I were doing this study Rapture. We were talking about the Father's house and oh, the many I mansions. Yeah, yeah. Prayer. Thank you. Because yeah. the issue of um, the New Jerusalem came up, right? And because we were in, uh, I think it was episode. Well, we covered the the Rapture in seventeen and eighteen, and 
17 was, I'd already come off the rapture page because I was in 2013. I already come off the rapture page, like pre-rapture page in uh, 2009 or 10, I think, and started writing about it in 2011. Uh, And then we did the show in 2013. Uh, And and so prior to that, when Cat was out of the bag, when I first came off that page, you know, that's what got me kicked to the curb with the prophecy in the news crowd. (laughs) Um, And then... It was so like seventeen. Like Doug pretty much let me just go. You know, he he piped in every now and then. You could tell that he was leaning in my direction. Uh, and then in eighteen, episode eighteen, I said, "Okay, I you know I spilled my cards. Uh, wh- where are you <laughs> with this now?" You know, uh-huh. and that was his coming out episode where he said, "Yeah, you know, I, I look. I gotta admit, I don't I don't see evidence for preacher rapture." And boom dude was kicked to the curb as hard as I was like he had he, at one point he had like four or five pages of uh, endorsement and advertisement in the Prophecy in the News magazine at, uh-huh. at one point Bob Ulrich even said Doug should be buying his own island right about now because he had so much you know uh, stuff there and they did the same thing to him that they did to me like boom kicked to the curb like ostracized blacklisted you know like pow mm-hmm. uh and then I think it was the following episode we were talking about New Jerusalem and I was saying because we were talking about dispensation theology and how dispensation theology contradicts Romans 11 Ephesians 2 and a whole bunch of other places in the Bible that tell you point blank look the bride is Israel you know mm-hmm. and, and if you get saved then you were of a, and you're not of the bloodline of Jacob then you're a wild olive branch that was uh, grafted into the cultivated olive tree that is Israel in Romans uh-huh. chapter 11 and then you become heirs to the blessings of Abraham and the commonwealth right. of uh, of Israel and Ephesians 2 and Galatians even talks about it uh, so we're talking about all that and uh, and people are like well you know we're the bride of Christ well okay okay if you believe Christians are the body and the bride of Christ who were the first Christians mm-hmm. <laughs> Jews like everybody the disciples Jews you know right. Pentecost Jews apostles yeah yeah you know so for people to make a differentiation between Christian and Jew is just plain stupid. Like mm-hmm. the first Christians, if you define a Christian as a Christ follower, were his disciples. Right. They're exactly. all Jews. Everybody in the first century, yes. Jews. You know, until Paul branched out and started reaching many, which I believe were uh, dispersed Israel, uh, mm-hmm. with Greeks yes. sprinkled in and other people sprinkled in as well. Right. Um, so we we were talking about how the New Jerusalem is described point blank as the bride of Christ. Was it Revelation right. 20 or 21 or 2? I forget which chapter it is, but he says, behold, I'll show you the bride. You know, and then he proceeds to describe New Jerusalem. And Doug made an interesting point. He was talking about um, the city of New York. And if you live in New York, we were talking about that earlier. If you live in New York, I mean, New York, the city of New York is defined by the city and the buildings. But there are people in those buildings, you know, that are New Yorkers. And mm-hmm. so he he was likening that to like the way if you lived in New York in the buildings you'd be a New Yorker, if you live in New Jersey in the New Jerusalem, then you would be the bride, you're, mm-hmm. you're the inhabitants of New Jerusalem, which is described as Israel with the twelve tribes and the gates and the apostles and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, there's no mystical thirteenth gate called the church. <laughs> so you're only going <laughs> you're going in one of the twelve gates, and there's none of them labeled a church because the church is Israel. That's why right. you're, you're grafted into it, and so. The, the thought came up, you know, whether you think of New Jerusalem as a Borg ship, like, you know, the, a big cube, or a pyramid, which pyramid, right. I, I lean towards that description, but either one 
works. I agree. Yeah. That, uh, I say all that to say, it was a long, drawn-out thing to say, do you think that those are the mansions he's talking about, that the mansions are contained in the New Jerusalem? Yeah, I, I do think so, because uh, in my opinion, that, again, is the, the place of the righteous, and that even in the, the story um, of the Gospel of Nicodemus, where we were talking about how there's that one mention in Matthew of uh, the resurrected saints being seen in the streets of Jerusalem and that many were seen and resurrected with him. Um, and that the, even the, the two children of Simeon, Corinthian and Lucidus, I think is his name, they were the ones that were the witnesses um, that gave them the Pharisees, what became the Gospel of Nicodemus, and it describes that uh, Christ descending down into Sheol, breaking open the gates of iron and bass, and taking Adam and his descendants up to heaven, turning them over to um, the Archangel Michael, and being baptized in the Archerian Lake. Then they were entering into New Jerusalem, the city of God, and waiting outside was the thief of which Christ had said, uh, this day you'll be with me in paradise. And he was waiting for them to come into paradise so he could enter in with them. Hmm. And then when they all went in together, well, he told them the story of who he was because, you know, he looked like a vagabond and they were wondering. And so he told them the story of how he believed and saw the signs and the wonders and uh, and then Christ said, you know, you'd be with them in paradise today. And so they enter into the city of New Jerusalem, and they see Enoch and Elijah. And they then proceed to tell them the story of how he's going to be, they're going to be the two witnesses of Revelation 11 that are then murdered, how they had been preserved, and they were translated. They had not yet succumbed to death, but that they would do so at the end of days when they go forth to convict the um, the Antichrist and to make all the people of that time aware and to accuse him as being, you know, the, the false messiah, uh, which is interesting because I also read something earlier today from the Legends of the Jews, you know, how we were talking about and have mentioned in many shows about how when the two witnesses come again that they would settle uh, what seems to be a lot of you know even with the calendar and with different issues mm -hmm. Sabbath and all that uh, well I found a passage it was actually a whole like two paragraphs about um, Elijah coming and that kind of thing is mentioned how they would settle and help us to understand the law and uh, the correct discernment of you know the commandments and the law at that time so maybe when we come back from break I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up and I'll share it with you but it's fascinating because it's exactly what you and I have been talking about without you know really knowing or understanding if that were to be true and yet here we have this passage that seems to confirm that's that awesome that would man be the case yeah it, yeah I thought you'd be excited um yeah. So yeah. Well, you when, know, it's it's, it's it's crazy how some of the things that we will do a show and then like right. two or you know sometimes next week but or two weeks later you know what was it like it was just like 
I want to say like two shows before lockdown, we were talking about the the vaccines were likely going to be the mark of the beast. And, right. the, and then boom, lockdown and all yeah, this talk about, are. you know, right. ID 2020 and, you know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of, kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, kind of crazy. Oh, I was just going to say one other thing with regard to this particular chapter, and that's the way that you see the the cherubim, the seraphim, and the ophanim, and they are all encircling mm. around the throne of God. And in my opinion, this also matches what we see in Ezekiel chapter 1, where he's describing the wheels within the wheels, and um, how I wrote about I believe that this is what we see, uh, you know, the the movements of the luminaries around Polaris, which again I believe Polaris is mm-hmm. indicative of where the throne of the Most High God is located, because um, we see in uh, Isaiah 14 that uh, Lucifer mentions the wanting to set his throne above the stars and the clouds of God in the sides of the north above the mount of the congregation and so i do believe that the mount of the congregation again is this mount meru mount olympus mount um you know the mount zion the spiritual mount zion the mount of the congregation there at the center of this um rupus negra the black rock um and that that's also you know the exceedingly high place that Satan took Christ when he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and um, you know Jacob's ladder the opening towards the the north and then the hollow earth entrance down into Sheol uh, where you know God says that uh, instead of you being able to exalt yourself to I'm gonna cast you down to the sides of the pit and so it seems to all fit with regard to the topography and all the the descriptions of the motions of the luminaries around this one fixed star um uh, you know the uh, the time lapse photography of the motions of the luminaries over the course of an evening and how they look like um wheels within wheels hmm. and you know the eyes and this the circles and all that it, it seems to me that this is what Ezekiel was was shown and he was shown the throne of God uh, in similar manner than you know what we see in the time-lapse photography now yeah agreed um, when you're talking about the luminaries I was just reminded of something caught my attention in this chapter we're just looking at the chambers of all the stars and all the luminaries whence they proceed before the face of the holy ones um, that's always kind of intrigued me because uh, like we we are told that we don't see the sun. I mean, excuse me, the stars during the day because of the light of the sun. Right. But you know, I've launched several weather balloons, and in in the daytime, and as soon as it gets, and I've actually been pretty high in some planes too. Um, it, it's just pitch black up there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it it's almost like where did the stars go? You know, uh, it. When they're not out during the day, well, they well those right. people say, well, they're they're being seen by the other part of the world that's in darkness right now. But I mean, do you think that they actually go in and out of chambers? 
or are they just doing their thing up there and we just see it at different times because of the the sun um yeah no i don't yeah as far as like you know the the pac-man um how they describe the the sun just moving straight across and entering a portal yeah, no, I don't, I don't believe that either I don't, but, yeah I don't agree with that but what about this well I'm going to break well we'll pick <laughs> it up on the other side yeah. yeah we'll be right back everyone for a second hour Frequency Radio is your number one source for news and information without the hate, hype, and fear. We're proud to feature cutting-edge programs like Beyond the Veil with Chris and Cherie Geo. X-Squared with Brooks Agnew. Paranormal Portal with Brent Thomas. Charonism Raw with Karen and Missa. Fearless with Frank Castle. Strange World with Mark Sargent. The Eye of Ra with Ra Castaldo. The Infinite Bridge with Billy Ray. Ironworks with Josh Corey. The Kev Baker Show. And dozens more. Did you know you can listen from any telephone by dialing 641-793-7117 or call into your favorite show toll-free at 833-TFR-LIVE. Uncensored talking news you won't hear in the mainstream media. Truth Frequency Radio, your protection from deception. A plan to reopen. I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. It will come in three phases, and not every state will open at once. The focus is on the mitigation of any risk of resurgence or the emergence of the coronavirus in states where it's not yet emerged. There is a focus uh, in the president's new guidelines uh, on the most vulnerable. Vice President Mike Pence. It is our intention at the president's direction to... Uh, provide these guidelines to assist governors and state health officials in evaluating the most responsible manner to reopen the economies of their states at a time and manner of their choosing. It will be a slow process. President Trump giving the power to governors to make the decision to reopen. New York remains the hot spot for the virus, and Governor Andrew Cuomo says... The New York pause policies, the close-down policies, will be extended in coordination with other states to May 15th. And the governor again told residents they need to wear masks while in public if they're in a situation where they can't social distance. California saw the highest number of deaths in one day from the virus, but the governor says hospitalizations are declining. 69 people passed away over a one-day period between Wednesday and Thursday, bringing the state total to 890 people who have died from the virus. California Governor Gavin Newsom says before we begin to talk about reopening the state's economy, we must have more robust testing. The uh, goal, the expectation that I have is uh, north of 25,000, 25,000 being a baseline. But no, we'll need to broaden still our testing capacity, still our ability to do community surveillance. While the death toll was higher, new hospitalization numbers have declined. Just over 3,140 people are in hospitals with the virus, and just under 1,200 people are in intensive care units. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. America's listening to Fox News. This is the Truth Frequency Radio Network. T-F-R. Truth Frequency Radio.
Alright, welcome back everybody for second hour. I'm your host, Zen Garcia. This is Secrets of Field here on Truth Frequency Radio. And Rob Skiba and I are continuing our discourse on the book of of Enoch. And Rob, you were asking about the um something before we went to break, so let me give you a chance to clear that up before we move forward. Uh, yeah, I was asking about the uh, chamber of the stars, and I'm with you. I don't believe the the sun. There's some of the so-called flat Earth Pac-Man models where, mm-hmm. you know, waka waka waka, the sun comes in, <laughs> it goes across, and then goes in and then pops back out the other, you know, on, on the other right. Side, right. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that, but, um, you, you know. W- w- one of the things that occurred to me, and we'll get into this as we get into the following chapters in the course of the heavenly luminaries, is yeah. that you know the 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 sun and moon uh, were were uh, put in place to govern that which already existed before they showed up. Yes. So, like light was already there before the sun showed up. Mm-hmm. So, while the sun does give light, it's governing something that was already there. I mean, there was right. a day and night for three days before the the sun showed up. So. You know, I've wondered if there's like um, I don't know how to describe it, like a, a a rotating dome, if you will, that is light that the sun happens to be positioned in, because the sun mm-hmm. bring. I think the word sun actually just means heat, uh, if memory serves, <clears throat> um, and it certainly does that. It provides light and heat, but mm. you, I, I I'm wondering, you know, what your thoughts are on on that, but specifically the passage we just read the chambers of the stars like when you send up a weather balloon and people try to say well that's because whatever's in the foreground is so bright that it's closing down the iris that's baloney there's truth to that that cameras will do that that the iris you know if there's something in the foreground that's bright you know the iris will close down and so whatever might be less bright in the background gets you know darkened out true but send up a weather balloon with the camera pointing up so there's nothing bright in the foreground. And it's going to be black mm-hmm. if you send up during the daytime. You know, so, you know, kind of wondering, like, where do the stars go? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, you know, the, I, I've noticed that, too, with regard to the um, the the weather balloon footage. And with regard to the the chambers um as far as the what is um also cited as the portals and the gates of heaven or the heavenly gates in the book of enoch um in my description of these particular passages especially when it talks about the movement of the sun between these what are these six gates of heaven i i believe that it is indicative of just the area and it's a division of the space between what is the tropic of capricorn and the tropic of cancer and that um it takes 30 days for the sun to move through each one of these gates and so it would be you know this span of area and that this is what is enoch is talking about with uh with regard to these particular gates or these portals uh, and I, I think it's the same with the chambers but um, when again when we go into you know what is described as even the places where 
the winds come forth from. I, I think there are different chambers that are located in the different regions and the different areas of the sky and that even uh, we see that you know the rains the lightnings the thunders the dew the hoarfrost um, all of these different um, elements or what are called spirits they hold position in these different regions and I think that they come forth from these particular chambers these different areas to affect the world like um you know the when we get to the winds we see that the winds are divided proportionally um to the cardinal directions and that we have a cold wind a warm hot wind and also a mild wind that brings the pleasant rains and i think you know those are also uh, linked to the positioning as far as the, what Enoch is describing is that there are these three windows that these different winds and these different um, like the the southern wind I believe is you know that which is closer towards the equator and it's a hot and a dry wind and then the one that is between what would be the equator and uh, the the northern pole that would be the, the mild and one that brings the the rains and the one that is closest towards uh, the north or if it's the outer extreme towards at Antarctica that that would be the one that has the cold uh, the winds and so when we look at um, because I think the whole idea of understanding what Enoch is describing is that people have to look at where Enoch was placed when he was describing all of these motions for the luminaries and the description for all of these chambers and portals. And I believe Enoch was taken to, you know, where the the North Star is, where Polaris is, mm -hmm. and that looking down from there, he was described the motions of all the luminaries and that the earth was a backdrop for all of those motions, which is why, you know, in the very opening quote that I read at the very beginning of the show, it describes the motions of these luminaries from west to east, um, you know, with the way that the sun sets, and then the sun comes back to the north and then back to the east. And if you think about that, according to the heliocentric model for understanding the world, I mean, there's no way to make sense of mm -mm. that motion at all, no. especially if you're trying to figure, well, you know, it's the Earth that is spinning once in every 24 hours that causes the sun to set and to rise. Well, you know, how, how do you get the sun going from east to west and the north to east? Um, but again, in my opinion, when you understand that it is the sun and the moon and the other luminaries, especially the seven planets, which the moon and the sun are included with Mercury, Mars, Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter as being the luminaries which move in circle around Polaris, then, you know, the, uh, the, stuff that Enoch is talking about can then be 
broken down and understood in a way that you can then make sense of all of what he is describing here in detail because you know there's motion to the sun and the moon and all these luminaries and not the earth the earth is the the still foundation the stationary fixed backdrop for all of these motions and so when we go into which you know next chapter we will we'll begin that uh introspection then we can start the description and help people to understand these things yeah this is this is exciting for me uh the, the next section is called the book of the courses of the heavenly luminaries and I've shared it before but I'll, I'll share it again here because in this part of the episode uh, of quest for truth doing this but I had after I published uh, Genesis and the synchronized biblically endorsed extra biblical text book <laughs> that's a mouthful <laughs> but uh, that's a, a volume that I published back I think it was 2013 somewhere in there um, <clears throat> it has uh, Genesis with the King James and the Septuagint side by side like a parable, a par- parallel Bible, so you can mm-hmm. compare the two, uh, and it has the full uh, book of Enoch and the Charles, the, the version, the R.H. Charles version, and the uh, books of Joshua and Jubilees all in one book. And in the introduction to that book, I had said that I was working on creating a uh, just a standalone book of Enoch with the R.H. Charles and my commentary. And I had extensive notes. I mean, I still have the, I printed it all up in like a a little um, velo binder kind of deal, printed up with handwritten notes all over it and scripture references and, you know, just showing how much the book of Enoch has influenced the canonized text and the authors of the canonized Mm -hmm. text and showing, you know, where certain things like uh, in the Day of Atonement, you know, they're casting lots for Azazel. Well, I mean, there's no precedence for that anywhere in a canonized text, and you have no right. clue who that goat's going out to unless you read the Book of Enoch. So it was stuff like that. And I'd gotten all the way up to chapter 71, and something, I forget what it was at the time, uh, got me sidetracked, and so I, I just I dog-eared the page, put the manuscript aside, and got busy with whatever else it was that I was doing. And... So that would have been like mid 2013 ish sometime. Uh, 14 uh, was probably the audio drama, the CD audio drama at that time took up quite a bit of time. And then uh, I did the Yahuwah Triangle was at the end of 2014, and I was also doing a Quest for Truth with Doug Hamp at the time. So you know, all that was keeping me quite busy. And then April 2015, I get into Flat Earth, and mm-hmm. you know that sucked up well, four plus years of my life, I'm still doing stuff on that since 2015. But it was after like just a few months uh, of in 2015 being into it. And I had read Zetetic Astronomy by then. I had read uh, 100 Proofs by William Carpenter and uh, Terra Firma had the, the most impact on me. And after reading Terra Firma, I was like, geez, I wonder... You know, I'm going to go because I had like I'm talking within a day or two of hearing Mark Sargent stuff. You know, I prayed that that prayer, Father, if I'm bringing preconceived biases to the text, please remove them from me. (laughs) You know, and I'm going to start over in Genesis and, you know, let your Holy Spirit show me. Well, boom, you hit the firmament in verse six. Right. So I already become very convinced quite early on that the Bible was a flat earth book. Um Mm -hmm. And that's what prompted a massive blog that eventually got so big that I said, oh, I need to just create a whole website, you know, dedicated to this topic. And hence, 
Testing the Globe was born, testingglobe.com. People in the chat room are wondering, you know, where the verses are for the Bible verse as well. You can go to testingtheglobe.com forward slash bible.html, um, and that's where you'll find the verses that I was looking at then. There's been many that have come up since then. So it was probably, you know, first it became convinced the Bible said it. Then I saw, you know, what those three books I mentioned had to say. And then I'm like, geez, I wonder what the book of Enoch has to say about it. Mm-hmm. And I went and picked up my manuscript. And what do you know? It was dog-eared to this page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to laugh, man. I was just like yeah. sitting there because, you know, I looked at the title. It's big, bold title right here. The Book of the Courses of the Heavenly Luminaries. Mm-hmm. And now I remember having read it before when I was in the heliocentric globular earth mindset, you know, Copernican model mindset. And this was complete gibberish. Yes. Like, like we loved Enoch for, you know, what it had to say about the watchers, the fallen angels, the Nephilim and all that stuff. And, and even about the son of man, but this was complete and total gibberish. Um, and you know, for people who are out there that aren't yet on, on the flat earth page, just listen to what we're about to read. And try right. to, if you accept Enoch with any measure of credibility, and, and this is the thing, it's like either Enoch is, is valid or it's not. You can't say, well, I, I like the Nephilim stuff, but I'm not going to accept the Son of Man stuff, Dave Murphy. You know, you can't say, oh, I, <laughs> I, I like the Fallen Angel stuff and the Nephilim stuff, but I'm not going to accept the Flat Earth stuff, L.A. Marzulli, Steve Quayle, Tom right, Horn, right, Doug Hamp, right. et al. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, take the whole thing, man. Like, it's it's either true and accurate about the Nephilim and the fallen angels and all that stuff and the Son of Man and the course of the heavenly luminaries, or it's yeah, not. Yes. Or it's not, exactly. So with with that uh, preface <laughs> in mind, uh, let me go over to the Charles. Now, I don't think I've ever read the, I mean, the Lawrence. I don't think I've ever med, read the uh, Lawrence course of the heavenly luminaries, so it'll be interesting to see if there's anything that stands out here. All right. right. Yeah, that's going to be very cool. Here we go. Um, the book of the revolutions of the luminaries of heaven, according to their respective classes, their respective powers, their respective periods, their respective names, the places way, where they commence their progress, and their respective months, which Uriel, the holy angel who was with me, explained to me, he who conducts them, the whole account of them, according to every year of the world forever, until a new work shall be effected, which will be eternal. This is the first law of the luminaries. The sun and the light and the light arrive at the gates of heaven, which are on the east, and on the west of it at the western gates of heaven. I beheld the gates whence the sun goes forth, and the gates where the sun sets. In Now, I'm going to address this right here. Sun sets. Somebody was like, oh, the Bible says the sun sets. Well, yeah, your English translation says that. If you look up the Hebrew word, it means come and go. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> um, now, from our perspective, it looks like it rises and sets, just like an airplane cruising at 35,000 feet. You know, when it enters our, our visual perspective, it looks like it rises till it comes straight up over us and then sets as it goes down behind us. But it's yes. going perfectly parallel over the earth. Well, that's exactly right. what the sun's doing. So it's not inappropriate for them to say that it sets because that's the visual perspective. That's what it it, it looks like. But the Hebrew word used there is come and go, which, well, that's what we believe. In which gates also the moon rises and sets, and I beheld the conductors of the stars among those who precede, precede them. Six gates were at the rising and six at the setting of the sun. And these respectively, one after another, 
are on a level and numerous windows are on the right and on the left sides of those gates. First proceeds forth that great luminary which is called the sun, the orb of which is as the orb of heaven, the whole of it being replete with splendid and flaming fire. Its chariot, where it ascends, the wind blows. The sun sets in heaven, and returning by the north to proceed towards the east, is conducted so as to enter by that gate and illuminate the face of heaven. In the same manner, it goes forth in the first month by a great gate. It goes forth through the fourth of those six gates, which are at the rising of the sun. And in the fourth gate, which through which the sun with the moon proceeds, in the first part of it, there are twelve open windows, from which issues out a flame when they are opened at their proper periods. When the sun rises in heaven, it goes forth through his fourth gate thirty days, and by the fourth gate in the west of heaven on a level with it descends. During that period, the day is lengthened from the day, and the night curtailed from the night for thirty days, and then the day is longer by two parts than the night. The day is precisely ten parts, and the night is eight. The sun goes forth through this fourth gate and sets in it and turns to the fifth gate during thirty days, after which it proceeds from and sets in the fifth gate. Then the day becomes lengthened by a second period that it is eleven parts, while the night becomes shortened and is only seven parts. The sun now returns to the east, entering into the sixth gate, and rising and setting in the sixth gate thirty-one days on account of its signs. At that point, or at that period, the day, the day is longer than the night, being twice as long as the night, and becomes twelve parts. But the night is shortened and becomes six parts. Then the sun rises up, that the day may be shortened, and the night lengthened. And the sun returns towards the east, entering into the sixth gate, where it rises and sets for 30 days. When that period is completed, the day becomes shortened precisely one part so that it is 11 parts while the night is 7 parts. Then the sun goes from the west from that sixth gate and proceeds eastward, rising in the fifth gate for 30 days and setting again westwards in the fifth gate of the west. At that period, the day becomes shortened two parts and is 10 parts while the night is 8 parts. Then the sun goes from the fifth gate and is sets in the fifth gate of the west and rises in the fourth gate for 31 days on account of its signs setting in the west. At that period the day is made equal with the night and being equal with it the night becomes nine parts and the day nine parts. Then the sun goes from that gate as it sets in the west and in returning to the east proceeds by the third gate for 30 days setting in the west at the third gate. At that period the night is lengthened from the day during thirty mornings, and the day is curtailed from the day during thirty days, the night being ten parts, precisely in the day eight parts. The sun now goes from the third gate, as it sets in the third gate in the west, but returning to the east, it proceeds by the second gate of the east for thirty days. In like manner, also, it sets in the second gate in the west of heaven. At that period, the night is eleven parts, and the day seven parts. Then the sun goes out at that time from the second gate as it sets in the second gate in the west but returns to the east proceeding by the first gate for 31 days and sets in the west in the first gate at that period the night is lengthened as much again as the day it is 12 parts precisely while the day is six parts 
The sun has thus completed its beginnings and a second time goes around from those from these beginnings. Into that gate it enters for thirty days and sets in the west in the opposite part of heaven. At that period the night is contracted in its length a fourth part, that is one portion and becomes eleven parts. The day is seven parts. Then the sun returns and enters into the second gate of the east. It returns by these beginnings thirty days, rising and setting. At that period the night is contracted in its length. It becomes ten parts in the day, eight parts. Then the sun goes from that second gate and sets in the west, but returns to the east and rises in the east in the third gate, 31 days, setting in the west of heaven. At that period, the night becomes shortened. It is nine parts, and the night is equal with the day. The year is precisely 364 days. The lengthening of the day and night and the contraction of the day and night are made to differ from each other by the progress of the sun. By means of this progress, the day is daily lengthened and the night greatly shortened. This is a law and progress of the sun and its turning when it turns back, turning during 60 days and going forth. This is the great everlasting luminary, that which he names the sun forever and ever. This also is that which goes forth a great luminary and, and which is named after its peculiar kind as God commanded. And thus it goes in and out, neither slackening nor resting, but running on its chariot by day and by night. It shines with a seventh portion of light from the moon, but the dimensions of both are equal. Uh, it's quite a mouthful there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And um, once I read it, I'll, I'll explain it, because once you understand what the motions are uh, that Enoch is describing... It makes complete sense, and it's the only way to make sense of this particular chapter and these particular verses. So let me go to the beginning here. Um, while you're doing that, I'm going to look uh, on my YouTube channel for the uh, the Four Seasons video yeah. that I yep. did. So uh, I, I got your face on the screen at the moment while I'm surfing on the other side here. Um, okay. It's long enough, so by... You'll, yeah, yeah. you'll be cranking along, and I, I should get it up pretty quickly yeah. here. Okay. The book of the courses of the luminaries of the heaven. The relations of each according to their classes, their dominion, and their seasons, according to their names and places of origin, and according to their months, which Uriel, the holy angel who was with me, who is their guide, showed me. And he showed me all their laws exactly as they are, and how it is with regard to all the years of the world, and unto eternity, till the new creation is accomplished, which dureth till eternity. And this is the first law of the luminaries. The luminary of the sun has its rising in the eastern portals of the heaven, and its setting in the western portals of the heaven and I saw six portals in which the sun rises and six portals in which the sun sets and the moon rises and sets in these portals and the leaders of the stars and those whom they lead six in the east and six in the west and all following each other in accurately corresponding order also many windows to the right and to the left of these portals 
and first there goes forth the great luminary named the sun, and his circumference is like the circumference of the heaven, and he is quite filled with illuminating and heating fire. The chariot on which he ascends, the wind drives, and the sun goes down from the heaven and returns through the north in order to reach the east and is so guided that he comes to the appropriate portal and shines in the face of the heaven. In this way, he rises in the first month in the great portal, which is the fourth, those six portals in the east and in the fourth portal from which the sun rises in the first month are 12 window openings from which proceed a flame when they are opened in their season. And when the sun rises in the heaven, he comes forth through that fourth portal 30 mornings in succession and sets accurately in the fourth portal in the west of heaven. And during this period, the day becomes daily longer and the night nightly shorter to the 30th morning. On that day, the day is no longer than the night by a ninth part, and the day amounts exactly to 10 parts in the night to eight. And All right, we'll be right back, everyone. We'll help you to understand all this. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. September 2018. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I've been using Extendivite for many years now. May 2018. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. March 2018. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. February 2018. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now. Now, we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStreamLive is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free app from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. 
If you have hard water, the LiveScale not only leaves white spots, it clogs pipe and breaks down appliances, costing you hundreds of dollars in energy and wear. Eliminate LiveScale and other water issues like brown staining and bad odors with HydroCare water products available from Wave Home Solutions. Wave's affordable water systems don't use salts or chemicals. You'll love the way your water tastes, smells, and looks. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com. More than a dozen astronauts have officially reported UFOs. UFOs. Hundreds of hours of UFO footage were filmed by astronauts aboard the space shuttle. Many of these UFOs can only be seen in ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light. Retired former Apollo astronauts and cosmonauts now tell their stories of their own personal UFO encounters. The Enigma Channel, intelligent television for planet Earth. EnigmaTV.com No hype, no, 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 no fear. We are TFR Frequency Radio. Welcome back, everybody, for a final segment. The show is going by so quickly again. Um, but I'll yeah. get back into this passage so that we can at least explain this portion of the text uh, before moving on from the show. Continuing. On that day, the day is longer than the night by ninth part, and the day amounts exactly to ten parts in the night to eight parts. And the sun rises from that fourth portal and sets in the fourth and returns to the fifth portal of the east thirty mornings and rises from it and sets in the fifth portal. And then the day becomes longer by two parts and amounts to eleven parts. And the night becomes shorter and amounts to seven parts and it returns to the east and enters into the sixth portal and rises and sets in the sixth portal one and thirty mornings on account of its sign on that day the day becomes longer than the night and the day becomes double the night 
and the day becomes 12 parts and the night is shortened and becomes six parts and the sun mounts up to make the day shorter and the night longer and the sun returns to the east and enters into the sixth portal and rises from it and sets 30 mornings and when 30 mornings are accomplished the day decreases by exactly one part and becomes 11 parts in the night seven and the sun goes forth from that sixth portal in the west and goes to the east and rises in the fifth portal for 30 mornings and sets in the west again in the fifth western portal on that day the day decreases by two parts and amounts to ten parts and the night to eight parts and the sun goes forth from that fifth portal and sets in the fifth portal of the west and rises in the fourth portal for one and thirty mornings on account of its sign and sets in the west on that day the day is equalized with the night and becomes of equal length and the night amounts to nine parts and the day to nine parts and the sun rises from that portal and sets in the west returns to the east and rises 30 mornings in the third portal and sets in the west in the third portal and on the day that the night becomes longer than the day and the night becomes longer than night and day shorter than day till the 30th morning and the night amounts exactly to 10 parts and the day to eight parts and the sun rises from the third portal and sets in the third portal in the west returns to the east and for 30 mornings rises in the second portal in the east and in like manner sets in the second portal in the west of heaven and on that day the night amounts to 11 parts and the day to seven and the sun rises on that day from the second portal, sets in the west in the second portal, returns to the east into the first portal for one and thirty mornings, and sets in the first portal in the west of the heaven. And on that day the night becomes longer and amounts to the double of the day, and the night amounts exactly to twelve parts, and the day to six. And the sun has therewith traverse the divisions of his orbit and turns again on those divisions of his orbit and enters that portal 30 mornings and sets also in the west opposite to it and on that night has the night decreased in length by a ninth part and the night has become 11 parts and the day 7 parts and the sun has returned and entered into the second portal in the east and returns on those his divisions of his orbit for 30 mornings rising and setting and on that day the night decreases in length and the night amounts to 10 parts in the day to 8 and on that day the sun rises from that portal sets in the west and returns to the east and rises in the third portal for 1 and 30 mornings and sets in the west of heaven on that day the night decreases and amounts to 9 parts and the day to 9 parts and the night is equal to the day, and the year is exactly as it to its days, 364. And the length of the day and of the night and the shortness of the day and the night arise through the course of the sun. These distinctions are made. So it comes that its course becomes daily longer and its course nightly shorter. And this is the law in the course of the sun and is returned as often as he returns 60 times and rises 
the great luminary which is named the sun forever and ever and that which thus rises is the great luminary and is so named according to its appearance according as the lord commanded as he rises so he sets and decreases not and rests not but runs day and night and his light is sevenfold brighter than that of the moon but as regards size they are both equal which i think that's really interesting that you know it says here that the sun and the moon are of equal size and it does repeat that in other portions yeah. of enoch as well <clears throat> but of course we're told that well yeah the reason why the, the moon perfectly covers up the sun is because you know the sun's uh f what 400 times bigger but it's also 400 times Oh, further away further away exactly yeah which you know when when i was believing that camp that was one of the the creation ministries would say see isn't god amazing look at that you know right yeah how perfect how perfect he you know he set it up so that you know the alignments like that well i mean yes that that would be true if that was the creation model but right. that's not the creation model so uh, yeah so I, i've got the I don't know if you can see it on your end, but I, while you were talking, I had the um, the model that I created uh, going there. I know you've probably got something that has more of the gates and everything visually depicted, probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing an image now. I'm sharing my screen, so tell me if you can see it. Uh, nope, I can't, but let me go to Skype because... Hang on a second, I'm yeah. going to switch over. Yeah, it would probably uh, be on yeah, it'll be on the Skype thing. I can. I should be. Oh, there we go. Yeah, um, yeah, I can do that. There we okay, go. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right. So for everybody that just listened to that very lengthy portion, I'm gonna break it down and explain what Enoch is describing. First, these numbers you see here: one, two, three, four, five, and six. This represents the six gates of heaven. This orange circle here, this is the Tropic of Capricorn. The yellow circle at the very inner portion of this, that's the Tropic of Cancer. And then you have the purple, which is the equator. That's the median between the two. And so Enoch describes his the movement of the sun through these six gates of heaven and he begins the description of the sun's movements when it is between the third and the fourth gate which is exactly where the equator is mm -hmm. and you'll notice that he describes that the day and the night are exactly nine portions when you multiply or divide um, the 18 portions of the day um, to a 24-hour period, it equals to 1.3333 huh. hours in length. And so that's what he's describing. And so the it takes the sun 30 days to move upwards from the, uh, from the equator here to what is the fifth gate. So it's moving 30 days through the fourth gate, which the fourth gate is the area right above the trop uh, the equator going towards the Tropic of Cancer. And then you have the fifth gate. 
uh, right above the fourth gate. And so it takes it 30 days to move through that as well. And then, you know, Enoch describes that um, the, the, the day is getting longer as it moves towards the Tropic of Cancer. And then when it reaches the sixth gate, you'll notice that it takes 31 days for it to go through this particular gate. And that's because it takes one day for the sun to reach the Tropic of Cancer and then to reverse course and to begin moving southward back towards the equator. And so on, when it is on the equator, that is the vernal equinox. That's the beginning of spring. That's the month of Nisan. And then we have it moving uh, up here towards the Tropic of Cancer for 91 days, and it will reach the Tropic of Cancer for the summer solstice and then it will reverse course and this is exactly what Enoch is describing as these gates of heaven and then it descends 30 days down through the sixth gate 30 days down through the fifth gate and then 30 days down through the fourth gate until it reaches the equator once more and then that is the autumnal equinox and Enoch describes you know the day being nine parts and the night nine parts because again it's equal 11.999 hours of day and hours of night and then it moves southward into southern latitudes and it descends 30 days through the third gate which is right below the equator heading towards the tropic of capricorn and then it descends another 30 days through the second gate and then 30 more days, well, 31 days to the Tropic of Capricorn. So whenever it reaches the equator or reaches the, uh, the tropics, that there will be an additional day for it to either cross the equator or to reach the tropic and to reverse course and begin moving back in the other direction. And so this is the winter solstice, the shortest um, day of the year or the longest night of the year. And this usually happens around December 21st. And then it reverses course and begins to move back up towards the equator again. And so it will move up through the first gate for 30 days and then another 30 days to go through the second gate and then it will take 31 days to go through the third gate and to reach the equator once more. And that's the description of the year according to all that Enoch is describing within this particular chapter. So it's basically the sun moving from the equator to the Tropic of Cancer and then back to the equator and then to the Tropic of Capricorn, and then back to the equator for what is the fullness of God's solar year, which is 30 days through each one of the gates, and then you have four days for the equinoxes and the solstices, giving us a 364-day year. So that's all that Enoch is describing here in this particular, um, you know, this particular chapter. But notice 
these circles you know this again these are the areas that comprise the six gates or the portals or you know what is called the gates of heaven but it if you follow the 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 sun it circles from the west all the way i mean the east to the west and then setting here and reaching the vanishing point then it begins to move back to the north and then comes back to the east and then it will rise again when it reaches our field of illumination our perspective and that will be sunrise because it reaches our you know uh where we can now see it and then when it sets in the west it reaches a the vanishing point and disappears because we are no longer able to see it but it's not moving up and down in the skies it's simply remaining a level and circling and you know when it reaches the vanishing point it then begins to illuminate the other side of the earth that is opposite from where we are we experience night while they experience day and then when the sun reaches to the east again in the morning for sunrise then they begin to experience night and we begin to experience day and so the whole thing of the revolution which Enoch describes the the motions of the sun moving from east to west and then north to east which is a circle so you can only explain and understand these motions and how in this chapter Enoch is describing them as creating the seasons and the movement of the sun back and forth between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn to create what is the 364 day solar year and so you know it's very simple when you have this visual dynamic and you understand the six gates of heaven in this orientation between these two tropics and then you have of course the equator uh, as the median in between and so when you have this visual and you can understand that the earth is a backdrop for these motions then it makes sense that this is exactly what we see over the course of the year that um, you know when the Sun is on the equator it will be directly in the middle and then when it reaches the Tropic of Cancer that is where the Sun reaches its northern limit and then it will reverse course and begin moving southward once it reaches the equator again it moves into southern latitudes those of us that are in northern latitudes we experience fall and winter and the sun because it's moving over the outer circle of the plane of the earth uh, that is the spring and summer for you know places like South Africa and Brazil and Australia and New Zealand and those um, those places that are on the outer circle of the earth so very simple to understand once you filter it through the correct uh, cosmology and the correct orientation of the earth which this is exactly what we see on the map that is depicted on the un the flag of the United Nations and so they seem to know something that most people don't
Yeah, right on. That was a really good explanation. You've got a, a rather thick book on that. You want to yes. talk about that real quick? Yes. Um, this this whole model and my explanation of it is found in my ninth book, The Flat Earth as Key to Decrypt the Book of Enoch. And as I had mentioned, that um, I go through the 14 chapters of the book on the courses of the heavenly luminaries to explain exactly what Enoch is describing. And it's only when you apply these motions to the earth as the backdrop, uh, the azimuthal equidistant projection map, as we see it depicted on the, you know, the, the banner of the United Nations, uh, that you can ex understand his descriptions of these motions and how in the um, the solar year, the 364-day solar year, they create what are the seasons, exactly as Rob depicted it and pulled it up on the Stellarium, uh, which, do you want to explain that, brother? Because <laughs> yeah. that's fascinating as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I got that up on the screen here. Um, this whole thing that, that and for people who are listening on the radio uh, that don't know what I'm talking about here, you could go to my YouTube channel and just look for how the four seasons work on the flat earth model. And it's the number four. So how the number four seasons work on the flat earth model, you can pull that up. Um, uh, this came as a result of, I was trying to figure out how does the 24 hour sun work? You know, cause people are saying, well, see, that's proof of a globe is that you can see the sun for 24 hours in some places in Antarctica. So you know, I was like, well, how does that work even on the globe, right? So uh, I went on Stellarium, which is heliocentric globe-based software, okay? I'm going to say that again. Heliocentric globe-based software. That's Stellarium. It's not made by flat earthers, okay? Now, the, the software allows you to pick your location where you're going to view the sky. And so I put it in, I think it was like on the Ross Ice Shelf or somewhere in there where people claim to see the 24-hour sun. And that was in question. I believe that there's 24-hour daylight, but the question was, do you actually see the orb of the sun for 24 hours? So I wanted to see what Stellarium would, would do, and it allows you to pick the type of camera you want, and you can move you can move the camera around so you can look north, south, east, or west. And I picked a fisheye lens camera, so it would give me the maximum field of view, and I pointed the camera straight up into the sky and then pulled it into the earth. And it allows you, the software allows you to turn off different things. So you could turn off the ground plane. You could turn off the, um, it has the labels for the constellations. You could turn off the stars. You could turn off all that stuff. So I turned everything off except for the sun and moon. That's the only thing I left on in the software. Pulled the camera down so I could see all four cardinal directions, north, south, east, west, uh, with the fisheye lens. And, and then set it up to play a full year at fast speed. So I set it for you know January 1 to the end of December, hit go, and recorded it. So all you see is the sun and moon going in circles over a black background. Now, when you do that, right now the, what you're seeing on the screen, the, the, the sun and moon are going clockwise. When, you, when I did it in the software, it was counterclockwise because the perspective was from the ground looking up. So when I saw what it was doing and how it went in an inner circle and it sped up and went into an outer circle... In heliocentric globe-based software, I said, wait a minute. So I, I wonder what this would look like on the flat earth map. So I got the AE map, put it there, and just using video software, punched the blackout, you know, like with a key, 
like you do green screen, uh, punch the blackout. So all you see is the sun and moon going around over the azimuthal equidistant map. And then all I did was flip it horizontally. So instead of going counterclockwise, it's going clockwise because now I'm looking down from above. And <laughs> it made this happen. Like heliocentric <laughs> globe-based software showed and I didn't really realize it's so like blatantly obvious until I put them side by side and you can see the counter I have January like what's on the screen right now January 6th and June 6th side by side and you can see the seconds and minutes are, are going you know together they're in sync so time is in sync well the only way that works when you have an outer rim in a inner circle is for the outer <laughs> circle the sun and moon have to be going faster and the inner circle right. has to be go- I did nothing to alter this imagery other than flip it horizontally <laughs> so I could key it over the map and I'm going what are you kidding me like Stellarium heliocentric globe based software just explained how the four seasons work on the flat earth map and I wasn't even looking for that that wasn't what, <laughs> it was like I figured that out by accident I'm going, wow. And then you got like Ken Hovind and other people like, on your map, the sun is speeding up and slowing down. What's making it do that? I'm like, you got a bigger problem, Kent. You got to explain how that's working on the spinning heliocentric globe-based software. If if the Earth is spinning and orbiting, what is giving the illusion, if you will, that the software is showing you accurately of the sun and moon moving faster? You got a bigger problem on the globe than I do on the flat Earth map, Kent, and others. Right. And, you know, what you were able to elicit as movements um, for, you know, the Stellarium, the software, again, is exactly what Enoch describes in this chapter of the book. And so, and he also describes that the the days um, as it, as the sun's moving towards the Tropic of Cancer, they the days get longer until it's twice as long when it reaches the, you know, June 21st for the uh, summer solstice, the day is twice as long as the night. And then once it reverses course, the days start to shorten until it reaches the equator again and equal nine parts. Uh, and then once it reaches the Tropic of Capricorn, and it has to move faster because it's covering oh, yeah. a much longer and uh, wider area. And again, you know, which shows that there's not a 24-hour sun in the way that it is in the Arctic, um, in the southern latitudes. Uh, it's not the same. It's very much different. And the sun is moving very much faster, which the people that are out there, they explain that, you know, the, the nights... Um, the sun moving so fast, yeah. darkness comes upon them very quick. Yeah, that was the thing. When, when I first put this up there, I started getting comments uh, from people that live like in Australia and New Zealand saying, well, you know, people who grew up there their whole life, they wouldn't know the difference. You know, that's just mm-hmm. they, they see it do what it does, you know. But if you go there after living in the north, nor, so, the northern so-called hemisphere or, or hemisplane, um, right. uh, north of the equator, if you if you're used to a sunrise and a sunset taking a certain amount of time to do so, and then you relocate and go down to New Zealand or Australia or someplace south of the equator, and you notice, man, the sun really pops up quick and really goes down quick compared to what I was used to, you know, watching the Montana sunset or, you know, Texas right, sunset right. or something like that. You know, they were describing that. Um, 
I mean, it's extraordinary, really. Um, but, I mean, when you realize this whole thing is a magnificent clock that, that the Father created. And he said he put the sun and moon and stars up there to be for signs and for seasons, you know, and time. Yes. You know, that's it, how we, we reckon these things. And, uh, I mean, man, when, uh, you know, I I read the course of the heavenly, oh, man, that's it. We're out of time. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. So fast. All right, next brother. Week. Next week. Yep. God bless all. Good night. Good night, everybody.